Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Yep, another really good cigar. This one is a Drew Estates Kentucky Fire Cured. It's the sweeter version of the cigar. This is an amazing cigar. If you enjoy cigars, uh, you may want to check out Drew Estates. They've got some really good stuff. So here we are. It's after hours. I'm enjoying a cigar. And I am going to pour a little bit this time with this cigar of the uh, Henry McKenna. This is a Kentucky Straight Bourbon that was bottled in bond. This one's from barrel number 7477. It's single barrel. This one, interesting. This one was actually barreled on 52809. And I'll pour just a little bit of that. Not much. This is a short podcast, so... I'll have just a little bit of that. By the way, thanks to Justin Owen for sending me this bottle. This this company was established in 1855. Wow. 102 years before I was born. I think they've got their act together. Let's see how this bourbon tastes. It's it's a beautiful bourbon. It's a little on the dark darker side than most bourbons. Mm-hmm. You bet. Good, good, good bourbon. So I'd like to share with you a little bit about the concept of control today. Some have called me a control freak. (laughs) Maybe you've been called a control freak as well. Since I'm a bit of a visionary person and I have really clear ideas about how I want things to be, I also tend to be a person who likes to be in control of all the things that I think may impact the accomplishment of that idea. Or a more, more robust and noble word for that idea is a vision. Because of that, I I really do like to exert lots of control. But I've found over the years, and I've had several of those years, that spending time and energy trying to control things that are outside of my control is really futile. Maybe it's even arrogant. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let me tell you a story first. One of my uh, lifelong adventure goals is actually becoming a reality. Slowly, but surely, it's becoming a reality. I started ground school and flight school to obtain my pilot's license. You bet. That's that's it. And now I'm learning how to fly an airplane. So the first surprise in this process was learning that it's not even called a license. Ah, It's called a certificate, a pilot's certificate. How dull. It was a small letdown, but I got past it. So at this point, I'm several hours, multiple hours into flight school, and the airplane that I normally fly is a Cessna 172, and it was manufactured when I was in high school back in the day. Now, for those of you who are wondering, I graduated from high school in 1975, so this Cessna was manufactured before I graduated high school. It's Of course, it's well-maintained, and I've come to find out about about private airplanes and general aviation airplanes that they hold their value really well if they're well maintained and that the airframe on these when they're made well which this one is 
can last for years and years and years, for which I'm quite thankful. <laughs> like I said, it's been really well maintained. It has an updated Garmin avionics system in it. But, it, you know, as I start this thing up, uh, it's still a lot like flying my red 1968 Mustang convertible. It's kind of loud. It's uh, it's kind of jerky. The seats are a little bit uncomfortable. The cockpit is small and tight. It's It feels a little underpowered, but in kind of an endearing way. And my flight instructor's name is Aaron. He's a certified flight instructor, but out of respect for his achievements, I should probably call him a CFII instead of a, just a CFI. So you can look that up and see what that is. He's got two eyes instead of one eye. He's pretty smart. He's funny. He's engaging. He's a third my age. He's got a degree in physics. He never makes me feel uncoordinated or stupid. Certainly never as stupid as I act. <laughs> he, will, he will make comments and they're usually very kind. And he often will ask a question. Shouldn't you be like that sort of thing? He may make statements like, uh, watch your altitude, things like that. I, I really enjoy him. And I understand physics as well as most people do. In fact, I really love physics. I, I enjoy how things move in the world through the lens of physics. But experiencing the laws of flight and gravity while sitting behind the controls of a private airplane at 3,500 feet altitude in turbulence, now that's a new adventure. I'm learning, kind of slowly though, how to spot and to recover from stalls, how to take off and how to land, especially in stiff crosswinds, and how to navigate over the vast forests of the Olympic Peninsula, which is out where I live in the state of Washington. It is a blast. Early in the process, in fact, on my very first flight, Aaron gave me the controls and he said, you have controls. And then he expected me to repeat, I have the controls. The significance of that exchange was certainly not lost on me. <laughs> I literally had zero hours of flight time when he said, you have the controls. And repeat back to me, I have the controls, which I did. And I knew that I was the one flying the plane. I had control. And within the predictable laws of physics and the unpredictable bizarre bipolar disorder-like tendencies of the Seattle weather systems, I have control. Sort of. He's also repeatedly said, just fly the plane. Just make it do what you want it to do. It's kind of a tall order for a novice like myself, but, but I have control. When my altitude is too low, I have control. Watch your altitude. When the wind is pushing me off course, I have control. Watch your heading. When the turbulence bounces us up and then back down a hundred total feet in a few seconds, I've got control. When taking off and climbing to pattern altitude, I have control. When I embarrass myself on the radio, <laughs> making a call saying, I'm in my Range Rover, instead of saying I'm in, I'm in a Skyhawk, for example, uh, <laughs> I still have control. The idea of control in the midst of complexity is pretty interesting to me. I have complete control over just a few things, but those few things in life make all of the difference. With the Cessna, I have complete control over the pitch, the power, the heading, the altitude, 
over the timing of the inputs that I give to the airplane. But I don't have control over other airplanes, over weather patterns, over the FAA. <laughs> Sometimes I don't have control over my stomach. <laughs> knowing that I have control over these things and knowing specifically what I have control over and then employing it with finesse is the key to becoming a good pilot. Or so I'm told, I've yet to experience anything close to being a good pilot. I've flown this, this airplane enough hours now and been hard enough on it that I think I would never buy an airplane that was used in a flight school. It's like buying a car that was uh, in a rental agency for 50,000 miles. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe, maybe right now you're being tossed by turbulence or uh, you're experiencing pressures from systems or structures or people outside of your control. Maybe you're being tossed around by the uh, current pandemic and the response to that and the economic impact of that that we're having right now. Perhaps as you listen to this, we're past it and we've learned a few things. But remember, in the middle of all this, you have control. What do you have control of, though? And what do I have control over? I think we only have control over three things. First, we have control over how we look at life and how we see ourselves in life. That is, we have control over our perspective. We can choose carefully how we look at it. When I return from a bad lesson or three weeks of bad lessons where I just can't get it, like that last 10 feet in elevation before I land, where the idea is you bring the airplane down and then just don't land. Try to get the airplane to just hover over the runway, the last 10 feet and eight and four and two feet, and just get it to just settle right over the runway and don't land until it runs out of energy. Don't make the airplane land, let it land. I just don't get it. And I find that as I, as I go through a few lessons like that and it's just not clicking for me, I have control over how I look at that. I have control over how I, I view that situation and myself. It's called my perspective. So first, you and I have control over our perspective. Second, we have control over whom we trust, whom we rely on. And when I use the word trust, that's really what I mean. Depend on, listen to, rely on, pivot because of. We have control over that. I'm trusting Aaron, there have been many times where he'll say, are you comfortable with, and then he'll ask me, do you, do you want to do that? You want to do a power on stall, which is where you're full power, like you're climbing. We're probably 3,500 feet in the air when we practice these and we're way up in there below the clouds, or maybe there's no clouds that day, a rare thing in the Seattle area. And we're flying around and he says, let's do some power on stalls. We're full power. And you just point the airplane at a steeper and steeper and steeper angle of attack until the airplane stalls. And he says, I, uh, you want to practice these? Are you comfortable practicing these? My common question is, are you comfortable with me practicing these? <laughs> He'll also teach me how to do a thing called a slip when you're coming in. Then you want to lose altitude quickly, but still have control over the airplane. And a slip, for example, has to do with positioning the airplane at an angle steep enough to the side and so that it will it'll lose altitude kind of sliding sideways down, but it won't flip and go into a spin. Spin. <laughs> we don't want that, especially uh, going into a spin four or five hundred feet above the ground. That's really a bad, bad way to end your flight. So 
I'll say to him, are you comfortable? So the reason I say that is because I trust him and I rely on him and his skills. And so first we have control over our perspective, how we look at it. Second, we have control over whom we trust. Here's the third thing. We have control over our behaviors at any given moment. I have control over what I say. I have control over how I react. I have control over whether or not I put the third old-fashioned unfrosted donut into my face. (laughs) I have control over when I wake up in the morning and whether or not I work out. I have control over what I say to people when I'm frustrated. I have control over the questions I have. I have control over my behavior right here, right now. I don't need to worry about my behavior in an hour from now. I don't need to worry about it in a week from now uh, or about behavior that I chose poorly about yesterday. But now I have control over my behavior right now. Those are the only three controls that I can get my hands on. I have control over my perspective. I have control over whom I rely on. And I have control over the behaviors that I have at any given moment. So now that you know you have that control, or you've just been reminded that you have that control, take control. Don't blame the weather or other pilots or the plane that you've been given. Just fly the plane. Fly your life. See how I mixed those metaphors there? Our life is really a beautiful adventure. So fly it. Sometimes you won't have the finesse required, but you can still take control and fly. Sometimes you'll cause others around you to experience a little motion sickness. <laughs> Maybe they'll even gasp a little and yell at you and may not be happy with you, but you have the controls. Fly your life. So I'm flying this old Cessna 172. Aaron's really helping me so that I can fly it well and then learn to fly the next airplane and then get my instrument rating and then get my twin engine rating and then fly my Cessna 412C. Look it up. Ooh. Aaron's patient and I've got a long way to go. And so far, he's only raised his voice at me a couple of times in our many hours together. Once, (laughs) this was really early on, he gasped out loud when I unintentionally put the airplane into a spin. That's right, a spin. And the second time, he screeched when I botched a crosswind landing. No damage to the plane, thankfully. Just a massive adrenaline rush for him and me and a pretty big dent in my ego. (laughs) Ah, Whatever. I'm still flying, having a great time at it. There you go. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take control. Fly your life. Mm -mm -mm. There we go. Yep. That's a good cigar. Mm. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day. Thank you.